ELC Radio. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. So we've been in a series here called The Double Helix for a little while, and I'm wanting to speed through it, but the Lord has put the brakes uh, on me because I feel like there's some truths that are really getting on the inside of you that if you catch this, guys, and this isn't just preacher talk here. If you catch this, it'll change your life. All right. Some of you have been going around the same mountain for years. You've been going to church, but never maturing. And without, without maturity, as we've been talking about, you don't get the inheritance. And so I want to move us into inheritance. I want to move us into the blessing of God, the blessing of God. But if we're going to do that, we've got to make commitments to grow in God. Amen? And growth doesn't just happen. You've got to force growth. There's some things, I shouldn't say force, but you've got to do some things to facilitate growth. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. One through seven. This is where we're going to start this morning. It says this. Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. I'm going to read that part again. Now, I say that the heir, the one who has an inheritance, as long as he is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. And even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive, here it is, the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. And that spirit is crying out, Abba, Father. Or the translation would be, Daddy. Daddy. Everybody say, Daddy. It's a different connotation than just Father. Daddy. It speaks of intimacy. It speaks of relationship. It speaks of care. Amen? It says, therefore, you are no longer slaves but a son. And if a son, then you're an heir of God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank you for the anointing to preach and pull down. I thank you for the supernatural ability, Lord, to communicate truth into our hearts. Because it's the word that gets in our heart that's going to change us. It's the word that gets in our heart where the spirit of revelation can breathe upon it and give us absolute truth that can transform our lives, our families, our businesses. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. So we've been in this series, The Double Helix. What is a double helix? A double helix is what DNA is made up of. And so the translation of that is we're talking about the DNA of a believer, building blocks for your identity. And we're doing this because right believing about who you are will produce right living. We've had it backwards for many years in the church. We've tried to, to, to you know, modify our behavior And then we feel more like sons and daughters. And that's backwards. Because the problem is, you can't fix you. Somebody write that down. You can't fix you. You need somebody else. You need help. Tell your neighbor, I need help. All right? Listen, we all need help. Now, first and foremost... We need help from our heavenly father. We need help from our heavenly father. We've got to understand that you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You need help. And that's okay because God wants to help you. And and, and we've got to understand that, you know, we've got to get rid of this Lone Ranger mentality, which basically masks pride. Now, pride is the only thing that will stop God in its tracks, in his tracks. He says this, I can't move beyond your pride. The book of James says God has to resist the proud, but he'll give grace to the humble. So what we always want to strive for is humility. And humility can admit that you need help. Amen? Humility will allow you to admit that. Pride says, I don't need nobody. I got this. I could do this. I've made it this far. I'll make it the rest of the way. And that seems like a a, a cool thing, but you know, it's pride when you're putting your trust in yourself above God. And it's not the way of sons. It's the way of orphans. It's not the way of sons. Sons... We understand. We're in a family. That's what son, that's the, that's the great revelation about being a son or a daughter is that you're in a family, which you already, off the get-go, you're not alone. You have people in your family, in your circle, that you're to count on, that you're supposed to be able to call or ask for help. Now, I get it. The reason I'm preaching this is I get it because some of us, our families didn't do that for us. And so we hear about this in the word, and it, it doesn't connect. It's like the word father. I've been spending so much time getting you to understand fathers and sons because we don't understand what a father is in this generation. When we say father in this generation, it means something different than what it means in the Bible. Father, when we think of that, it means the guy I saw on the weekends, if that. It means the one who bought me things, gave me money. Met my needs financially, got me what I wanted. But can I just tell you, those are some things a father does, but a a true father does way more than that. Rather than just give you gifts, 
He gives you himself. And see, I understand some of us didn't have that, you know, and I hate that that's a reality in the world we are today. But here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible says he will be a father to the fatherless. He will be a father to the fatherless. And, that's, and he wants to restore what it means for you to be a son. And so we've been spending a lot of time talking about that. And we've been breaking it down through hashtags. The first thing, uh, the first week we talked about, actually the first two weeks, is understanding we are family. Okay? Now that's a basic thing. It doesn't sound deep on the surface. But it means more than just a mental understanding. That revelation has got to change the way you do life the way you think, the way you move, all right? Somebody that's in a family moves different. They speak different. They think different than somebody who's of a broken family, okay? And so I've spent a lot of time just saying, hey, we are family. This is how we move. I've spent a lot of time under, getting you to understand the position of God the Father or a father in a family, and you can go back and listen to those messages the last couple of weeks ago, uh, because especially if you're a man, you better learn the responsibility you have to be a father. Amen. And every male in this room, whether you got kids or not, you got the responsibility to father amen. because there's people that need a father. Amen. amen. Can I get a good strong amen on that? Amen. So go out, go back and listen to those things. So we've been talking about we are family. The second thing we've moved into talking about now is maturity. Okay, and our second hashtag on that was it's not about me. All right, because as we as we read in the first scripture there, the goal of God in your life is not to make you perfect, but it's to grow you up It's to make you mature and a mature son. The mindset of a mature person is it's not about me. Okay, that right there in a nutshell is what it means to be mature and you can be an immature wife. You can be an immature husband when you make the relationship all about you and your needs. And so we got immature people leaving relationships because I'm not happy. I don't like this. You know, it's like it's all about you. Can I just tell you something? Nobody can make you happy all the time. So let's just kill that fantasy that getting married is going to make you happy. If you ain't happy now, single, you're going to be even worse married. Even if God sent you one of the disciples, it ain't going to make you happy. It ain't going to make you happy. You married to John the Beloved, and you're just going to be miserable. Really, it, it's the truth. Because happiness, Jesus tried to teach us this. Happiness and, and, and joy and all these things, they don't come from out here. They come from in here. And so, and so we've been talking about that, learning and, and growing. It's not about me. When God plants you in a church, it's not about you. There's going to be things that happen to you that you're not going to like. Everybody's not going to treat you right. Everybody, everything can't be about you all the time. Uh, I was at the gym this week, and we went into the sauna, and there was a guy in there on his phone. And he was talking like we weren't even in there. He was like, yeah, man, that's right. You know, da-da-blah, da-da-da, yada-da. We're like... Okay, you know, you know what that said to me? This guy thinks it's all about him. He could care less that there were other people in there. Come on, you see him at the, at the grocery store sometimes, don't you? 
ladies walking through on their phones on the, with the speaker on. Huh? Yeah, you know, I'm just over here getting cereal and everybody's talking. Yeah, you know, and there's people all around. We don't want to hear your conversation. That's what Bluetooth is all about. Get a speaker. But see, here's the mentality. Somebody didn't teach them that it's not all about you. And I guarantee people that do that come from broken homes. Where somebody didn't tell them, hey, We don't want to hear you talk like that. Put your phone away. Go in the other room. Amen? Is this this helping anybody today? I hope you don't go to the shopping today and do that. I know I'm talking to somebody in here. Because you know what that communicates? You think that whatever space you're in, it's all about you. Now, that might make you happy, but it's making everyone around you miserable including your wife and your kids or your husband, whatever it is. Because that was the first thing I thought. I sat there and I'm sitting there talking to the Holy Spirit and I'm like, man, I feel bad for this guy. But I really feel bad for whoever he loves and is in his circle. Because this is what he'll do in a sauna with five guys in here. I can only imagine what his house is like. It's all about him. And some of us, were raised by parents, it was all about them. Guys, let's cut that out. Let's grow up. Let's not put our kids through that. Let's not make it all about us. Let's make it all about them. Let's make it all about your husband. Let's make it all about your wife. And here's the cry of an orphan. But what about me? It's not about you. Oh, come on, somebody. That's good preaching today. Because, see, understand this. You know whose responsibility it is to take care of you? God and you. So when God sees me doing everything I can to make my my wife's life better, he'll take care of me. Thank you for helping me preach this morning. Praise God. He'll take care of me because I trust him like that. And you know what? He'll do the same for you. So can we go in the next hashtag today? Go back and listen to those messages. Today we want to talk about something else that I'm entitling the sound of an orphan. The sound of an orphan. There's a sound that an orphan makes. Now, I'm using the term orphan because we've been dealing with family, the father, but it can also be entitled this, the sound of slavery. Because slaves and orphans act the same. Okay, and we started out reading Galatians chapter four, verse one, uh, where it says here. Now, I say that an heir, somebody has an inheritance, as long as he's a child. Listen to this wording here. Does not differ at all from a slave, even though he is master of all. Do you know, for years, I would go before God, the father in prayer and I would say, God, I do. I'm tired of seeing no difference in Christians than people in the world. God, why is it that we can't get this right? Why is it that people in the church are getting just as much divorces as people in the world? Why is it that some of our kids, come on somebody, are just as crazy as the kids of parents that don't even go to church? Why is it that our single people can't stay out of bed the same way unsafe single people can't stay out of other people's beds? 
That's always my thing. Like, God, when are we going to see the the difference? When are we going to see this? And this scripture answers that question. We'll never see it until we get believers to grow up. Because our lives, guys, are supposed to be better than those that don't have Jesus. And if we're 100, can I be 100 with you? We ain't seeing that. We're seeing sprinkles of it. Sprinkle me, man. Some of you got that. We're seeing little of that. We're seeing little of it here, little of it there, bursts of it here. But here's what the Bible is telling us. Keep that scripture back up there. In Galatians chapter 4, here's what it's telling us right here. It's telling us this, that when you're immature, you're almost exactly like a slave. An immature Christian is very much like somebody who's not saved. But here's the sad part. We've got people that have been in church 5, 10 years, 20 years, never maturing. That's a problem because you go into church every Sunday, you throw money in the offering, and you're not maturing. See, the problem with that is this. You never get the blessings. You never reap the experience. You never inherit what Jesus died on the cross to give you, which is John chapter 10, verse 10, a better life than you could ever dream of. That's what he's, he's promised to give you. When you read the Bible, it says that our businesses should be the most prosperous. What we do should work. Our marriages should be the most fulfilled. Doesn't mean they'll, they'll never be perfect, but remember, perfection's not the goal. It's not the goal. It's just to be better, stronger, enduring, loving. Come on, somebody. Amen. They're supposed to be better. Our kids, y'all, our kids are supposed to experience more blessing than somebody who's not doesn't even give their time to God. You know, they just, oh, yeah, I know God. I love God. Da, da, da. No, somebody like us that are, are serving the Lord, our lives should be better. And I'm telling you today how it can happen. It can happen when you make a choice to grow. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's time to grow. It's time to grow. We've got to grow up. We've got to lose that 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 child mentality. Okay? And so that's what we're talking about today. So what is the sound? I want to give this to you today and I want to break it down to you. Just this one thought. The sound of the orphan or the sound of slavery. Are you ready? It's complaining. Complaining. So our hashtag for today is this. No complaining. And if you ever have been on a missions trip with us, I tell you right out the bat, I think that's rule number two. Because we all know, remember what rule number one is. Rule number two, if you don't know rule number one, you'll come on a missions trip, you'll find out. Rule number two is always... No complaining. Why? Because we can't go anywhere and affect anybody else with an atmosphere of an orphan. You've got to have an atmosphere of a son. Right? 
Now, I want you to pay close attention to this because I'm going to try to reverse generations of orphan and slavery culture that some of us have been raised in. Your mama was a complainer. Your grandmama was a complainer. Your great-grandma was a complainer. All your theas be complaining. Even your theos be complaining about your theas. And so we've got generations of life that's been done through complaining. But now here you are. You say, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to grow up. Well, guess what you're going to have to attack? This mentality of complaining. Because God does not like it. Matter of fact, it puts you in direct opposition to what God's doing in your life. If you don't believe me, read the book of Exodus. You want to know what the sin was that kept Israel from inheriting the promise of God? Complaining. That was it. They should have only been, uh, Bible theologians believe they should have only at the longest been in the desert for a year. It turned into 40 years. And then a whole generation had to die off for the next generation to take it because of this one thing, complaining. It's how slaves get down. It's how slaves roll. They complain about everything. Complain, complain, complain. Jesus said, God said, I ain't having it. I want to break this down to, to help you a little bit. I hope you're taking notes today. Understand what complaining really is. Complaining is saying that you don't like how your father is doing things and that you would do it differently if you were in charge. Now, that's an affront to, the, to, the, to the God the Father. That's and such arrogancy and pride in that. God's got you in a process, and you're complaining about it. God's got you single for a reason. And until you embrace it, until you dominate it, until you own it, you're going to be there a long time. Your marriage, where you're at in your marriage, listen, you've got to own that. Quit complaining about it. Where you are financially, you got to own that. Quit complaining about it. Work hard. It can change. But the thing you got to quit doing is complaining. It's an affront to God. All right? Look what it says in Philippians chapter 2, 14 and 15, to bring it into the New Testament. New Testament. It says this, do all things. Everybody say all things. Without complaining. Let's keep going. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless. There it is. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you will shine as lights in the world. So he tells us to do two things. Number one, quit complaining and quit arguing. All right. Because if you do that, you'll be a son of God. Without that, you stay a slave. You need to catch this today. Without that, you stay in slavery. He says this, that he goes on to say this. If I could get you to stop complaining and stop quarreling and fighting, then the world will see the light inside of you. Could it be the reason your friends don't want to be around you, much less come to church with you, is because they can't see the light? Because you're a You're a whiner. Y'all remember Yonyo? 
Anybody watch that? Uh, you know, what was that? What's the Teen Channel 19? Used to be, Yonyo used to be that character on Chavo del Ocho. <laughs> Whining all the time. If we can get you to stop complaining, quit making the sound of slavery. What will God do? Let me give you five times here the children of Israel complained in the wilderness and see if maybe you're doing the same thing in your journey. I bet you are. So let's just get that. Let's just get out the way. Tell your neighbor, this is for me. All right. Let's get out of the way. No fakeness in the room. I'm talking to you today. Amen. All right. Number one, five times the children of Israel complained. Five times these slaves complained. The first one, number one, they complained about their circumstances. Anybody ever do that? I'm going to raise my hand right there because some of y'all are chicken. Don't lie in church, y'all. We've all done it. We've all done it. We've complained about our circumstances, how our life is. Why things are the way I hate this job. I hate this family. I hate my husband. I'm going to keep going. I hate my kids. That's for somebody in here. I don't know. Seriously. Seriously. Hey, you laugh, but somebody need to hear that today. We complain, complain, complain. Children of Israel did that. You want to know what it was with them? They couldn't grasp what God was doing for them during their deliverance. When you get into a life of complaining, you're refusing to see that God's working behind the scenes. And you'll never see it until you stop complaining. Amen? Always complaining about your husband. He just needs to get it right. I don't know what his problem is. Da, da, da. Every time you go get your hair done, you talk, everybody knows your, they know your husband better than his mom, mom and dad. Because you come in and you just complain about him all the time. Complain, 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 complain. Guess what you're doing? You're blinding yourself to the fact that God's working on him behind the scenes and you can't even see it. So now, listen, now you're actually being used by the devil to block what God's trying to do in his life. You're more in agreement with the circumstance than you are that God's changing it. So we complain about our husbands. We complain about our wives. Complain, complain, complain. Complain about our kids. Complain about our jobs. Listen, stop it. Because the more you complain, here's what you're doing. You're putting your focus on the wrong thing. Our focus should always be on the possibilities of God. Our mind has to be fixed on God is working on my behalf. Amen? Amen. He's working on my behalf. Why? Because I'm his son. Not because you're perfect. Because you're his daughter. Because he loves you. Are you tracking with me today? So the children of Israel, all they just complained about everything. They complained about the desert. They complained about their deliverance. Like Moses is going before uh, Pharaoh, right? And the plagues are coming, right? And Pharaoh gets mad and he goes and commands that the, the, the taskmasters make the work harder on the Israelites. So the Israelites go to Moses like, man, you're jacking us up, bro. He's like, what are you talking about? We got to work harder now thanks to you. 
they could not see. Even though they were going through a struggle, God was working on their behalf. He was working. So much so that while they're complaining, flies are attacking the Egyptians. A plague of frogs is overtaking the land. And they complained through that whole thing. Guys, we got to stop complaining. How many times do you complain about your circumstances? Listen, none of us here have perfect circumstances. We would all like to be making a little bit more money. We would all like to be wearing some nicer clothes. Come on, somebody. We would all like to be in a bigger house or a better job. Get over it. Tell your neighbor, get over it. it. Now tell them God's working on your behalf. Listen, I don't have everything that I want. My dream is not fulfilled. But I refuse to let this lunchroom at James Rudder dictate to me the kind of pastor I'm going to be. We all got to do it, folks. Every single one of us. Like, you know, whatever your situation is, whether you're single, if you're a single mom, a single dad, whether you went through a divorce, whatever it is, it is what it is. And it's time to quit complaining about it. And it's time to dominate the season you're in with the Lord's help. That's what sons do. But orphans, slaves, complain. And they'll complain to everybody that they'll talk, that will listen. Everybody that will listen, you know. And so we got to get over that. Complaining about your circumstances will keep you from seeing the God possibilities. You just started that business. Give it time. Don't complain about it. Oh, I thought it would have took off. I'd give it some time. You just started. See the possibilities and see this. God's working on your behalf. A complainer will give up. Oh, it's not what I thought it would be. Pray for a job. Get the job. Complain about the job. Quit the job. That's somebody's cycle in this room. Quit complaining. Amen. Number two, what else did the the slaves uh, complain about? Number two, they complained about their food and water. Exodus chapter 15 and 16. Read that story. It's a trip. They complained. All right. What they complained about. They didn't like the diet that God had them on. You know what this is symbolic of for us? They didn't like the diet of their lifestyle of freedom. I get this a lot from young people. Young people act like this. You know, they're in the world. They're partying, smoking weed, you know, going to the kickbacks drinking. Then they, you know, they wreck their life, right? As we do. Come on. Party too hard, wreck our lives, make some big mistakes. Then God sets us free, right? Sets us free. Am I talking to anybody in here or were y'all just born saved? (laughs) No, you know how it is. We wreck our lives. We give our life to God with tears in our eyes. We start coming, following the Lord. And then we complain about the diet that he gives us. We complain that now he, 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 we don't do those things over there, but this is what it's going to take for you to make it. Go to discipleship. Go to propel. Get involved in Kingsman. Serve in the church. I don't like that. Well, I don't like the leaders over there that had charge of the ushers or the children. I don't, I don't want to serve there. I don't like propel. I went one time. I don't like it. I don't like Kingsmen. I don't like, what don't you like about it? Well, it's this, that complainer. You're complaining about what it takes to make it in freedom. 
Think about the children of Israel, y'all. They were slaves for over 400 years. Not employees, y'all, slaves, which means they couldn't make their own decisions. They had to eat what they were given. They had to work when it was time to work. They got whipped. They got penalized. It was not a good life. Jesus, uh, God sets them free, and then he delivers to them heavenly manna every morning, and they were complaining about it. Yo, God makes you breakfast, and you complain? Yeah, but we had it last week, and the week after that, and the week after that. Guys, we do the same thing sometimes. We start looking at what it takes because let me tell you something, it takes something to grow up. Yeah. It's going to take something. you got to change your ways. You're going to have to make some hard decisions, you know? You want to be great, it doesn't happen without sacrifice. That's in the kingdom and in the world, yeah. okay? you got to change some things. But here's what we do. We complain about it. And the Israelites, they didn't like their new diet, their new lifestyle of freedom. They longed for the delicacies of the world. They would rather be complaining. Their complaining took them to a place where they would rather be slaves so they can have the vegetables and the onions and the spices of Egypt. That's what it said. And guess what? You keep complaining, and that's where it'll take your mind to. That's where slaves always go back to their captivity. But if I could just get you to quit complaining, if I could just get you to woman up, Man up. Oh, that's what it takes to grow? I'm in. It's uncomfortable, but I'm in. I don't really like being in small groups, but I'm in. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you. Because a slave will just sit there and complain and do nothing. Do nothing. Well, why don't you plug in? I don't know. I just don't like this thing and that and the way they and then the way they do this. And da, da, da. Can I tell you, listen. There's something that complaints, we're always going to have complaints. But can I tell you what you should do with your complaints? Some of you in our leadership school have known this. And that is this. Complaints always go up. Never down. Never horizontal. I mean, never never, uh, uh, horizontal. They should never go to your right, your left, to people around you. They only go up. So your husband's going to do some things. going to make you want to complain. So you know what you do? You take your complaints up. Never complain to somebody that can't help you. Ever. Things aren't perfect at your job. There's a place to take your complaint to your boss. Oh, I'm not doing that. That's because slaves are cowards. They're cowards. People will even complain about our church, but never to me. Never to somebody that can help them. It's always to somebody, you know, playing the back, barely comes themselves. Why don't you come to church? Oh, I don't come because of this. There's a complaint. Oh, you know, you should do. You should talk to that person. That's what sons do. Do you know how many people in this church that have come to me with stuff and we've worked it out? And for you, I'm so grateful because you're family. And families should always work things out. You don't just leave. That's what orphans do. Things aren't going well. I'm out of here. No, work it out. 
Amen. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Because this is how sons get down. This is this is what I'm talking about growing up. If you run from every situation, you don't grow up. You don't get the inheritance. So they complained about their food and water. Number three, they complained about the God that delivered them. Exactly. Can you believe this? They complained about God. They even took it a step further. They tried to change God's image. They didn't like what God was requiring of them. They didn't like how God was leading through Moses. So Moses goes away to meet with God to get the instructions. And guess what they do? They gather together and they say, hey, somebody gets the bright idea. Aaron, come here. We're going to make a golden calf. And we're going to worship this calf. We're going to collect all that we're taking. Here's what they did. They did everything that God was requiring. They took an offering, brought the offering together, melted it. And then they started playing music. They started worshiping. But here's where we lose it, see? People think that they created a different God. They didn't. The name of that calf that the Hebrews used was the same name that they used to describe Jehovah. Basically, what they did is this. They took God and made him an acceptable image. They pulled on the gods of the pagans because in, in, in Egypt, they remembered seeing these bull gods, these gods with a bull head, and, and they worshiped that bull head and everything. And you know what they did? They said, well, we want God to be sweet and nice, not like those bulls. No, 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 no. We'll make him a calf. It's kind of like Ricky Bobby. Six pound, three ounce, baby Jesus, sitting there in your gold diapers, watching your Einstein videos, learning your alphabet. That's, you know, if you've ever seen that movie, what is he doing? He's coming to the Lord in an approachable image based on what he wants to see. And so we move away from God's word and we make an image of God that to us seems more palatable. I tell you what's happening all over the Western uh, Hemisphere with churches. Well, we're not going to receive offerings in church anymore because that's offensive to people. And we're not going to challenge people anymore. Or we're going to make our services go, you know, 45 minutes to an hour because, you know, we don't, people don't like that. I'm not for staying in church all day either. I did that as a kid. It's amazing I survived through that. I'm not saying that either. But here's the thing. There's a pattern. There are some things that are non-negotiables, and we've got to understand we can't be like the children of Israel. And some of us here, you, can, you have the nerve, the audacity, the pride to complain against your God. And you know what that tells me? You have the mentality of a slave. You have not yet adopted the mindset of a son or a daughter. You still see God as, uh, as, as somebody you simply serve. Listen, you are more than a servant. You're a son. You're an heir. You're more than that. Can I get an amen? Amen. You're more than that. And when you find yourself in these situations where you're shaking your hand at God, listen, I get it. We have weak moments, but you know what that exposes in that weak moment? That you really don't view God as your father. You still see him as somebody you're simply serving. And you got to shift that because that is a slave mentality. 
Complaining about God. Listen, man, here's the big thing. Complaining about the God that has already delivered you from so much. Man, you forget what he did for you. And the children of Israel had no right to complain about a God that parted the Red Sea and destroyed their, their captors. They had no right to even, to even, they should have just been like, God, whatever you say, we're doing. The same way you and I should be like that. But can I just tell you, some of us, you know, we treat God so casual. You going to church this week? Yeah. I don't know. See what happens. That's a slave mentality. That's not a son's mentality. That's not a daughter's mentality. You've got to understand you're a part of this family. You're needed. And, and those, those same, that same thing will produce this ability to complain against God. Exodus 32, you could read more about how they did that. They attempted to make God into a more desirable image. Well, you know, I would go to church if, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that, da-da-da. Listen, read your word, spend time with the Lord, and just obey him. Do what he says. Amen? Let's keep going. Number four, they complained about the difficulty possessing the promised land. And we do this all the time. Why don't you start that business? Oh, that's, it's going to be too hard. It's not, I don't know. It's this, that, and the other, and da-da-da. And you complain, complain, yet you won't do anything about those complaints. See, the problem with Israel right here, these slaves, when they looked at the promised land, all they could see is the giants. That's all they could see. That's all they could see. Oh, there's giants over there. So what? God gave you that land. Let's kill the giants and get the promise. Wow, being a Christian is too hard. Yeah, it is a little hard. But you know what? The benefits will greatly outweigh uh, uh, the problems and and the situations and the difficulties. Are you tracking with me? But a servant and a slave can't see that. And so they quit. They quit. They go after God strong. They'll quit. Why? Because of that mentality. And guys, this is why I'm I'm telling you this and why I'm spending so much time on this. There has to be something that shifts in your thinking about how you relate to God. He is not just far away on some cloud. He's not something, somebody you're just trying to please so you hopefully make it into heaven. He is your heavenly father and he loves you unconditionally. He'll do anything for you and he already has when he gave his only son. We've got to wrap that around us so that we trust him to that degree. Because without that, you just stay in this, oh, woe is me, complain about this, complain about that. And the last thing they complained about is something we all need to be careful of. They complained about their leaders. Exodus 14, Numbers 12. This is when God got serious. God actually struck a few of them with leprosy because of their mentality, because of talking about leaders, criticizing leaders. God takes what you say about leaders serious because leadership is so difficult. Y'all don't know how hard it is to stand before people and give the word of God when you know it's going to make them upset. Y'all don't get it. Y'all don't understand. This, 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 this ain't for sissies. This ain't, this ain't, this ain't for the weak pamby. You know, this is, this is difficult. And when somebody has the, the slave mentality that they'll talk about leaders in a way... When you read this scripture in the Old Testament, God got serious. There was a whole group that got sucked up by the earth, swallowed up by the earth because they rose up against Moses. 
and they just complained about little stuff. Then even his own brother Aaron and Miriam, they got struck with leprosy because they were so close to, to Moses, they saw all his weaknesses. They knew he had a little temper. They knew he gets frustrated sometimes. He ain't perfect either. And they took that, and instead of taking their complaints and prayers to the Lord, they start backbiting him a little bit. And that's why those of you, some of you here, you get close to your, your, your leaders and stuff, whether it be your head usher, whether it be your department head, listen, lift them up because God takes that serious. And those of you that just love to complain about your boss, about the, your leaders, about your politicians, this is why I, I try to tell you, man, don't go on Facebook and bashing all these politicians and Trumps. That's a slave mentality. That's not what sons do. You ain't got to agree with them. You ain't got to get down and roll with them. But there should be a way that you understand the, the way of a son is to honor. Can I get an amen on that? And so number five was they complained about their leaders. And here's, here's the basis of what I'm trying to tell you. Quit complaining. Stop it. Complaining changes nothing. It's not going to change. You're not going to get a man because you're complaining. Matter of fact, that's going to make you sing a lot longer. Just stop it. Here's a big thing people like to do. Well, I'm just venting. I'm just, I just got to vent to somebody. Vent to God. God is a, he's the one you need to vent to. He loves it when you do. Go to him, vent, throw it all up. <laughs> then you don't have to vent to your husband. Because he don't want to hear it either. Husbands, just stay with me right here, okay? I'm trying to help you right now. Husband's been working hard all day. He comes home, and you hit him with the complaints. Rack! Like a, like a steel chair in a WWE match. He walks through that door. Hack! Guess what I've been dealing with all day? It's like, oh, God. Take that to the Lord. Take that to the Lord. Amen? And watch your relationship soar. Watch it just go through the roof. Watch your husbands love you even more. Amen? amen. And all the husbands said? Amen. Scared, they said it. They said it real scared. Amen. <clears throat> amen. Not me, babe. You never do that to me. Amen. <laughs> amen. Complaining's deadly. Now, we see it when we go on the missions field and we say, hey, man, this is the rule. No complaining. And we stay in some places that make you want to complain. <laughs> we take some showers where make you want to complain. We've gone to Mexico sometimes and in the winter, no hot water. You do the math. You know what that equals? Complaining. <laughs> but you know what nobody does? They don't complain. And we just do it. Suck it up, buttercup. Right. Amen. Do it. Let's go. We're here. Here's the, here's the motto. It's not about me. So let me just get this over with. And let's go. And you know what? It changes the entire atmosphere. Listen, we've been on mission trips where we ate some stuff we didn't want to eat. We, I sat down in India, and, and these guys were with me. We sat down in India to eat some food that just made me want to complain about it real strong. Like this thing, this is, this thing, this, the food was speaking to me saying, complain. I know you want to complain. You know you want to complain. Come on. 
the smell, everything about it just was like, no. And you just got to do what you got to do. You got to get creative. We got creative at that. We got, well, that's another story right there. I'm just saying, guys, what would happen? What would happen if we would begin to adopt this as a mentality? According to Philippians chapter 2, it's going to be the way that the world sees the light in us. Now, let's first show the light, number one, to our spouse. Let's first show the light to our kids by modeling this. We're not going to complain. We're just going to, we're going to get through this. And can I just tell you guys, this? I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this, but I got to work on this too. I, this isn't something like, yeah, you know, you guys need, no, this is, this is all of our challenge because there will always be something to complain about. There always will be. But if you have, if you can adopt a mindset of a son, you can talk yourself off the ledge when you're about to just jump into a bowl of complaining. Ah, this and that, that, that. No, if you can understand this mentality, it'll keep you from making some big mistakes. Is this helping anybody today? I'm telling you right now, some of us, this is a generational battle you've been under. And it doesn't bring a blessing, it brings a curse. Complaining limits you. It limits God. Because you're more in agreement with your circumstances than you are with God. You've got to have the ability to look at your circumstances and say, God, I'm not living in the house that I want to live in. I'm not making the money that I want to make, but I praise you anyway. And I know because you're my father, you're working behind the scenes. You're going to get me out of this. Can I get him? Give God a good praise clap right there. You've got to adopt that because there's always going to be things you can complain about. You know, guys, we're just getting ready to move into the building We've completed almost eight years in this lunchroom. We just put our head down and just did it. Is there stuff you could complain about? Yeah. And there'll always be. You know what? As we move into that building, it ain't going to be perfect. There's going to be things you can be complaining about. But if you can learn, man, complaining is not the sound of a son. It's not the sound of a daughter. It's the sound of a slave. And anytime you hear it coming out of you, you got to catch it and go to prayer. Take it to prayer. Oh, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm a, I got to go pray. And you know what you do in prayer? God don't mind you venting to him. As long as when you're done venting, you allow him to speak to you and you listen to what he says. In my time pastoring, there's been plenty of times I just go away to prayer and I'll be like, God, I can't take it. I want to quit. I'm tired of this. This ain't what I thought it was. Just bam, throw it out. Just get it all out. And more aggressive than that. And then I just say, okay, God, I got it out. What do you say to it? And he speaks to me. And then I can come home and I don't have to be grouchy around my family. I don't have to get up here on Sundays and be the angry pastor. Y'all, y'all going to hell because y'all whack. I don't have to do that, right? You laugh, but I know, guys, some of you had pastors that were like that, and you wondered why they were like that. It's why, because they didn't know what to do with their complaints. If you're taking notes, remember this, complaints always go up. Complaints are going to come. 
your wife's going to do things that make you want to complain. Don't amen me right there, fellas. Your husband's going to do some things that make you want to complain. Your kids are going to do things that, want, that make you want to complain. So don't go on Facebook with a slave with sound complaining about being a mom. You prayed to be a mom. What's it going to be like when your kids grow up and they can read your old posts? They're going to see, you know, when they were two, how you complained about them all the time. My kids never listen. They're so messy. That stuff don't go away. Some of you going on there right now, delete, 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 delete. <laughs> listen, I get it. I do. It's tough. There's a lot to complain about. But do you know when you bite your tongue, you honor God and you show him what you believe? God, I know you don't like complaining, so I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to use my social media to come against you and what you're doing. I'm going I'm to take my complaints to prayer, and after I complain, I'm going to listen to what you're going to say through your word, and I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to go on about my life. Amen? That's what a son does. That's what a son does. And when you do that, God will honor you, and God will help you through whatever you're going through. Amen? Let's stand on our feet. I want to pray for some of you right now because I want to be sensitive. I get it. Some of us are in tough situations and life is not good right now. And it seeps out. Some of us don't mean to complain, but it's how we're raised. It's all we ever see. Complaining, complaining. So I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for a rewiring. Remember, that's what this is all about, your DNA, uncovering your DNA so you can see who you are and you can act according to who you are. You're not a complainer. You're not a slave. You're not an orphan. You have a father. Don't complain. Instead, take your complaints to him. And what he'll give you back for those complaints is peace. He'll give you strength. He'll give you joy. He'll give you answers. When you complain to people around you, they can't give you nothing. You know what all they'll give you is sympathy. Now, let me have your eyeballs for a minute. Well, I want you to hear this. I've said it before. Sympathy is addiction. It's an addiction. You could get, you could get addicted to sympathy. And here's the problem. When all you want is sympathy, you don't want to change. You just want to feel better. So give me a shot of your sympathy. Ah, oh, baby, it's okay. Ah, oh, okay. Then you take that needle out. You go about your day. It sucks again. Ooh, you get on Facebook. Somebody got to give me some sympathy. I hate my job. I can't stand my ex. And then some knucklehead will get in there. Here you go. It's going to be okay. I hate that dude too. He is a loser. You deserve better. Take that needle out. That's all it is. Some of you want to come to your leaders and your friends and just complaining, complaining. And, oh, you want to do that to your husband, making your husband your, your dealer. Huh, huh, and your husband's not having it. He's like, hey, come on. It's going to get better. Shut up. You don't understand. You're mad because he won't. Or you're mad because she won't. Because guys do it too. Guys do it too. Guys will, guys will turn into little boys with their wives. Just need their wives to just give them a shot of sympathy. And some wives are just like, I'm tired of doing that. Go pray. You don't care about me. Is this helping anybody? 
It's the truth. Sympathy fixes nothing. You know who fixes everything? God. Your Father. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the Word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get Word every week from Elevate Life Church.